Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. I'm Michelle. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, sisters. How y'all doing? Well, I'm doing all right. <laughs> doing good, guys. Doing good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hey, I'm doing good. It's Black History Month, so. All right. right. I mean, even though every month is Black History Month with Truth's Table, but, you know, so. <laughs> month is Black History Month for Truth's Table, but I'm glad to be at the table with my sisters. Yes. <laughs> and I, I'm excited about what we're going to talk about. So for Black History Month, we thought it would be, you know, last year, actually, when Truth, Truth's Table started in March, right? So we didn't actually get to do Black History Month. Yeah. So this is our first Black oh, wow, History Month. Yeah. So, yay, I just realized that now. Actually, I was like, we didn't do Black History Month there last year. There you go. There you go. But we made up for it in our content. How about that? And so... <laughs> So we thought it would be appropriate, though, for us um, to start off Black History Month talking about reparations. So our series, uh, we started out with a series last year, right, which was Resistance Series. Mm -hmm. This series, we're starting out season two with a series again, and it's Reparations Now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But why? What? 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 Why? Well, let me see. Why reparations? Or actually, let's talk about what is reparations? How would y'all define reparations? And then talk about why, why, why reparations? Why are we talking about this? Mm. Yeah, I believe it's important in, in this time, first of all, because we are in one of the renewed moments of truth telling. I mean, we know mm-hmm. that there's a reason that truth's table happened at this time, but there's sure. also a reason for very recent uprisings and rebellions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a person who's directly connected to the Ferguson rebellion, the timing of not just talking about reparations, but exploring it, studying it, learning more about it so that, I don't know, maybe we could put some feet on that. Um, The time is now because we are in what I believe is a renewed season of demanding truth, even if it's risky. And I don't Mm. think that that's ever gone away, but Mm -hmm. I think it's louder and prouder. And the boldness there calls for a new equation to how we will respond. Mm. Mm. That's good. Yeah, I agree. That, that, and and how, how would what would you how would you define reparations just off the top of your head? Yeah, off, just straight off the top of my head. Amen. I, I mean, reparations. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lovely place. Go ahead. It is a Go lovely ahead. place. Look, 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 at, look, at, the, look at the confidence we have in just <laughs> off the top right. of your head. Let's just, you know, that's where the <laughs> Lord puts all our thoughts. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things I love about reparations, especially from the biblical perspective, mm. is this idea of making atonement. So restitution mm-hmm. and atonement. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, we've all seen some of that Hebrew, but in the, um, yeah. the English language breakdown, atonement is a combo word mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. one basically mm, mm-hmm, the mm. really the experience the state of being at that's one mm, and it good. implies a lot of deep incredible mm-hmm. stuff because you have to you have mm. to confess and repair in order to that's be good. at one mm. that's good see that was good off the top that was good girl mm-hmm. <laughs> Something helped me, Lord. you got it that was, good. that was good what about you see mm, what is reparations um, yeah, what is reparations? And then why, why, why is TT tackling, why this moment? Why is, why are we delving into it? Mm-hmm. 
So repairations. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I mean, you break something, you should repair it. Um, well, but well. yeah, but also I think um, so repentance, right? The turning mm-hmm. away from and the turning mm-hmm. towards is is foundational to the mm-hmm. life of a of a believer. Like this is um, this is one of our the, one of the dominant pillars of a person who is caught up in, in Jesus's grace is that mm. we are people who, who we turn, we, we change direction. And, um, and just because we are believers, it doesn't mean that we're, we're not constantly and chronically in a cycle of turning and turning and turning. Yes, we're, we're turning every day, every moment, every hour yes. as God shapes us. And so, um, repentance is a part of this a part of the idea of reparations right and so reparations is an expression of grace so whether it's reparations in uh, towards oneself within a family mm-hmm. system a mm-hmm. society a nation um it is it's making right as best as we can acknowledging the limitations of our resources and our moral authority making right that which is broken or that we benefit from being broken right Mm-hmm. So that is what I think of when I think of reparation. It's an opportunity for us to receive the grace of repairing things that we have broken or that we benefit from being broken. And that mm-hmm. is grace. That's not like mm-hmm. reparations is not a punishment. Reparations is an opportunity to make right what is wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's good. That is good. Um as I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, well, how am I going to my uncle? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, sister. It's all right. Uh, well, 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 basically, at, at a uh, very f- <laughs> uh, fundamental right level and basic definition of reparations, historically speaking, is just making making amends for uh, past wrongs, right? Um, just at the, at the fundamental basic level, which gets down to what you were saying, but you, but you, but you uh, Christina, but you added, you know, some more meat and some dimension on that. Um, but why, why reparations now? I mean, mm. I, I personally, mm. um, I think this is a part of our embodied right faith, uh, yeah. that, that we're aiming for in season two mm-hmm. is that we, See, personally, we, you know, we, 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 you, all three of us sit on a lot of different race panels, give a lot of different talks on race and all these things. Oh, yes. and, uh, oftentimes, yes. <laughs> I'm in trigger yes. <laughs> panels, 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 twitching, twitching. Panels, panels. <laughs> which I will say as a, an aside, people don't know what they're asking for when they ask TT to come and speak on panels. But, you know, they keep asking. So, you know, and we go. And so, uh, <laughs> but what I say, we go. Uh, what I will say, though, um, about it is people ask, well, you know, what can we do to be reconciled? What can we do to be reconciled? You know, mm, um, mm. but there cannot be any reconciliation without true repentance, right? Where you're actually making amends for something. And so I've recently been talking about um, the need for reparations, actually. Um, that mm. would go a long way <laughs> toward the efforts of rec- racial reconciliation. And so you won't hear me talk about race anymore without talking about reparations. I just can't, I don't think that's, it's consistent. I don't think that, um, I don't think that it's, um, I don't, I don't think it, it gives the right 
um, impression without actually talking about what is the brass tax here that we're talking about here? Um, what does it mean yeah. for us to actually embody and show, not just with our lips, mm-hmm. you know, that we, you know, that we're sorry for what happened and, you know, but how do we make amends for the fact that 12.7 million Africans from West Ooh. Africa mm-hmm. and West Central Africa were stolen from their homelands, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. were trafficked, right? Um, in, in that horrific transla- transatlantic slave trade, died in the middle of pra- passage and were, were shipped to the Americas like chattel. What does that look like? And what mm-hmm. does that mean? Mm-hmm. And we're going to delve into that um, in this series. Now, now you know TT. We 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 believe um, in actually deferring to experts, and so <laughs> so we try to stay in our lane. So mm-hmm. so in this episode, we're going to talk about a biblical case, if you will. Or so we're going to talk about what does the Bible have to say, right, about reparations? What is our does our faith, you know, uh, make room for that? Mm-hmm. And if so, what does that look like? That's what we do. That's what we're we're Bible people. Wow. Uh, but but we will bring other um, we'll bring scholars to the table, right, to actually talk about this um, historically, uh, sociolo- sociologically, and um, what it looks like in the U.S. context and in the global, yeah. right? Because there's a different mm-hmm. there's there's different dimensions to this. So we just want you all to know, you know, what to expect. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so reparations it is amends making amends for um mm. what's wrong right and there's all these and i just think that with the onslaught of all these racial reconciliation talks and all these and you know all three of us are anti-racist um uh, mm. i just believe that we we i i just cannot in good conscience talk about race anymore without talking about reparations and that is a late that is a, a new conviction of mine i know mean, i've always been for reparations but that as of late i've been like nah i can't disconnect the two at all. That's right. I can't. And, 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 and I, and I'll put this little, little bug in your ear. Um, <laughs> is, okay. Is I, I, in within the U S context would not, would not receive reparations mm-hmm. because I am not the descendant of, of, um, enslaved people. Mm-hmm. I have enslaved relatives. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on the global s- scale, that is where yeah. reparations will be owed to me. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to try to talk about those nuances too, um, in this series, um, as well. And so I think that's an important thing, but, but why do I make that point? I make that point because we are talking about the mm. church, we together. And so I stand in solidarity with my brothers and sisters, my kins, men and women, according to the flesh and know that rightfully reparations are due period globally and within the U S context period. Reparations are due to people of African descent from West Africa, from West Central Africa, because of slavery and colonialism. That needs to be made right. Period. So, all that to say, I just want to put that little side note out there. Now, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. That was a mouthful, but I, I want to make that you know. Uh, make it I make those distinctions, and we we want we 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 value nuance at the table. And so, we try. We try. <laughs> At the table of truth, we 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 value <laughs> nuance. So, <laughs> so um so now let's let's talk about the Bible. So I don't have to go off on the people no more. Um so let's talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. y'all, what does the Bible have to say about reparations? Mm-hmm. Why should Christians care about reparations? Mm-hmm. Why does it matter? So what 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 mm-hmm. does what does the Lord have to say about this in, in the word? What does he have to say? M, M do you have anything? Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, you know, my my favorite location is the Old Testament. <laughs> now we know it. I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> we know it. <laughs> the poetic prophetess. <laughs> A prey. Yes, yes. So we come before you today from the book of Numbers. <laughs> yes. In the book of Moses. Yes, sir. Um, but one of the most amazing things about how the Old Testament talks plainly about reparations is that it starts this idea of restitution, depending on which version you're reading. Mm-hmm. But mm. this idea is a word from the Lord. And it is all concentrated in the Lord telling Moses how liberated people live. Mm-hmm. This is what I love about the other side of the Exodus, that mm-hmm. long odyssey into freedom after God has already set his people free. He said, this is, this is how free people live. And mm-hmm. number says, when a man or a woman commits any sin, mm-hmm. the people commit by breaking faith. And when they realize their guilt, they should confess their sin and they shall make full restitution for wrong. And mm. on top of that full restitution, what's it say? Add 20%, my friend. Well, on top of your restitution, mm, in full, add 20%. And if mm. there's no next of kin to whom restitution may be made, then they go to the priest. Then they take it to the house. Mm. They take it to the household of faith. And that atonement is made through representative leadership from their priest. Every contribution, all the holy donations, they're all considered holy. Mm. Atonement, like restitution for wrongdoing Mm. is holy. It is not marred. It is not Mm. awkward. It is not embarrassing. When you realize your sin, you atone for it and you add to it out of gratitude for returning to unity. And that that is why the Lord places to me, that's why the Lord places this as a word directly from him. Because if you live in free, then you should be able to not only freely give in light of being boldly confessional about your sin, but you should give more so in gratitude for knowing that grace abounds. That's one of the things I love Mm, most mm. about the Old Testament is we have this picture of like, there's no grace, there's no room, there's no mercy. I think think we have a flawed view there. God makes it very clear that after the massive liberation of his people, Mm. that he has laid down and set forth a very strong example. He tells them, you live in constant liberative relationship with each other. We will set each other free of our mm. wrongdoings when mm. we restore. And mm. probably the biggest piece, and this is where I turn into um, that maternal piece, mm. is I think about mm. these books of the Bible that were set down to mm-hmm. actually be what people raise their children with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I mean, can we picture some of these pieces mm-hmm. of the word of God being the tools that people taught their children? And I know we'll get into why ain't we doing this now, but I'm going to just go ahead and answer a huge part of why Mm -hmm. we ain't down with reparations now is because none of us, well, too few of us have been raised from the age of childhood to believe that reparations is liberation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the OT. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Tell, tell me, was there, um, what, what was the passage that you um, were reading from again, or was that your own? 
That's mm-hmm. numbers. Um, oh. I paraphrase it a little bit. That's numbers five. I, I, know, I know you so well. I know you so well. So I was like, wait a minute. Was that her? Wait, was she reading? Or was she, was she, I don't know. The B-I-B-L-A. The B-I-B-L-A. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. I was reading directly from the Hebrew. Yes, I was. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I want the people to be able to go, oh, shoot, the Bible talks about this? Yes. Oh my it okay, does. We could, we could get it's principles. Testament. Oh, it's my goodness. That's number five. Uh, numbers five, five through ten is where it's Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. So our listeners can you know, look that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look it right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Christina? What, I mean, what, what, what do you believe the Bible has to say about this? Oh, so many things. <laughs> so many things about about <laughs> no, repentance. I mean, there's so many things. <laughs> so yep. much to say about repentance. Mm-hmm. But I just thought I would, you know. So, um, I've been spending some time looking at Luke 19. So uh, Zacchaeus, the 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 infamous tax collector. Um, yeah. And so when I think about this passage, I just you know, there's some things about that have, that are just kind of hitting me. And uh, a couple, well, the first thing that's hitting me is obviously we know that tax collector, collectors were despised in group, right? So they were, um, so Zacchaeus was, was, a, was a Jew and he was despised by other Jewish people, right? Because he worked for the empire um, and, and mm-hmm. profited from their um, oppression, Right, so he was paid to be the enforcer of their oppression, right? And so, um, yep. and so that's what he represents. He represents a person who is supposed to be of the people and a part of the people, but is mm-hmm. his livelihood is tied to the systemic oppression of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that for that in and of itself, I think causes me to just pause and think about the ways mm-hmm. in my life that how is my livelihood, how, it, how in what ways is it tied to any systemic oppression? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. We all have to think about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, you know? So, that's, so, so, so it makes sense that the people despise them, right? These tax collectors and, and him mm-hmm. specifically didn't trust them further than they could throw them, right? Um, you know, when you're, when you're an in-group betrayer, when you're an in-group overseer, there's a particular disdain for you, right? Um, when you're oh, supposed yeah. to be a part of the people of God, but yet you profit from some of the peoples of people of God, their oppression and subjugation. So we're all supposed yeah. to be Christians and believers, but you profit off the enslavement of some of those Christians, some of those believers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you can see how that brings about resentment. But what is amazing is that Zacchaeus um, is not is not completely self-deluded, right? So Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is passing through and Zacchaeus needs grace. <laughs> Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus yeah. is not in denial about the fact that he is profiting from the systemic oppression of people, of his own people, his people within his faith, right? And so as Jesus is passing through, he climbs, you know, this, is, this man climbs to the top of a tree because he's got to see him. He's got to see grace as it walks through. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you can see that grace has already gotten a hold of him. Right. Because you don't even know that you're, you don't even start looking for grace until grace has already started looking for you. And so yeah, he, he exactly. climbs to the top of the tree. He looks down. He sees Jesus and he has this exchange. And Jesus says to him, Jesus, so the commandingness of Jesus's grace, right, says to him that I'm coming to your home. I'm coming to you. Mm. And the people mm. 
right? Yeah, remember, these are the folks who have experienced the foolishness of this tax collector and his ways. They're like, hold up, Jesus, do you know who you are even inviting in your home? Do you know who this is? Do you know what he has done? Um, he's a tax collector. Like, you know, Jesus, you're supposed to be like this prophet, like, how come you don't know this, right? So they, they've got all this murmuring, as people do, right? When they got issues, when we got when we got issues with Jesus and we challenge his divinity and his his righteousness, we start to murmur, right? And so they start to murmur. And what is fascinating is that Zacchaeus articulates a solution, right? And it's a solution in which he shows his repentance to Jesus, but he also directly shows his repentance to the people who are murmuring. He says, I'm going to make this right. I am going to repair this, right? By multiple folds. This is what he says. I mean, he could have said, well, Jesus said he coming to my house, so I'm in the clear. Hey, I'm forgiven. Jesus is coming to my house, so it's all good. Right. But no, he responds to the murmuring. He responds to the fact that his witness is impaired. And he says, how do I make this right in front of Jesus? In light of the fact that Jesus has stopped and seen me in my need. In spite of the fact that Jesus has decided mm. to come into my house, what must I do to make it right with my brothers and sisters who are around me? Mm-hmm. And that and that of it, I think that's just so powerful because what happens in, a, I think, American a, a dominant culture church right now is that we think of when you receive grace, we just think that just means like, well, it's all good. I'm forgiven. Jesus came to my house. That's it. Right. No, right. If Jesus, ca- if Jesus really has come to your house, if he's really come to your house, then what you say is mm-hmm. you say, oh, I have been set free, set free to make things right. Set free to make mm-hmm. them right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the, so I think this gives mm-hmm. us a powerful model um, of a, a really a, kind of a, a very pragmatic model of, of what it looks like to acknowledge um the impact of grace in our life and that Christ's forgiveness does not, it it doesn't cause us to stop making things right. It actually starts the process of of helping us, empowering us to make things right. Um, So when we have received, when Jesus has come into our house, when he's come into our temple, when he has come into our being, that is when in sincerity we can say, oh Lord, help me, empower me to make right all that I have done wrong so that I can be a public witness. This was in public to these people. So that I can be a public witness and declare the power of the Lord. And so you've got a a tax collector who is known for taking, publicly becoming a person who is known for giving and making things right. Mm. Mm. That's good. And not even just, and we're not even talking about just tick for tack, one for one you know, two to two, it's, he went four times, right? Above, right? What was necessary, which of course now, um, which uh, coincides with the Old Testament um, text and numbers that uh, that Michelle brought up too, 20% on top, on top, right? Mm. Um, Which I think is just, is fascinating. Um, And amazing, right? Because that's what, Mm -hmm. that's what we see. Hello, hello, exactly, exactly. That's what we see um, in the gospel. And so when I think about reparations and I think about um, particularly um, Christians, or well, let's be specific here, white Christians' oppositions. I guess to be clear about who we're talking about. I'm sorry, <laughs> white Christians' opposition, right, to, to reparations. I just think 
do y'all know we're living off of an eternal reparation? If you are in Christ and if you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is an eternal reparation. Mm. How do I get there? Now, I don't have like a bunch of specific texts. I'm going to go, I'm going to do a little bit of a, I guess you could say a little a little bootleg, let me just say, put that out there, a little bootleg <laughs> biblical theology. But when we're talking about the gospel, I have Absolutely. to go back to Genesis, right? Absolutely. What happened? What happened in that garden, right? We see Adam, we see Eve, right? Uh, I'm not going to tell y'all everything that happened, you can read, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Genesis 1, the 2, <laughs> it's all good, right? Um, and then what happened in, in Genesis 3? Adam, right? Who is? our federal, what theologians would call federal headship. Mm -hmm. You know, some people don't hold to it, they're doing, but I don't know how you don't because Romans 5 seems to indicate that Adam was our representative because he sinned, right? His Mm -hmm. sin was imputed to us, okay? According to Romans 5. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when he ate of that fruit, okay? Of the knowledge um, of good and evil, right? When he ate from that tree, he plunged all of us, every last one of us into sin, death, and misery, in this whole world, this was a cosmic impact that that Adam did, and so that that is what his sin did for us. So he, um, so there is enmity now, right? Um, now we yeah. were born enemies of God. We are now now we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Um, every heart's inclination is bent towards evil, mm-hmm. is what Psalm tells us. Um, not one of us is good. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I mean it's just mm-hmm. it's bad, y'all. We're born enemies of the cross, enemies of the one true and holy triune God. Oh, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God, y'all. And so what, what happened? What happened? Something God had to make, (laughs) he had to make a reparation, right? He didn't have to actually, he didn't have to actually, he could have given us exactly what we deserved, which was hell, right? But what out of his, that's the only thing we have ever earned in life is hell. Um, and so anything, anytime we're living above that, we, we live in good. Okay. Um, mm. uh, but, but what do you do? God in his love and in his grace and in his mercy out of the overflow of his own affection and love mm. chose, right. To send his one and only son to die for us, to repair in all caps, to repair the mm. breach y'all. It's a reparation. And Jesus Christ, he came, but he left the Mm. father's side to make it right. Mm. And he wasn't the one that was wrong. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. In reparations, in a human aspect, we are asking the oppressor, right, to run us a check, okay, and make things right. (laughs) Well, not just that. There's different aspects, too, which we'll talk about later. But but we're asking the person, the violator, right, Mm. to make things right against the victimized, right? But here... Here, Jesus didn't do nothing. God didn't do nothing. Mm. But but he came, right? Took the form of a man, okay? Came in Mary's womb, right? He was born just like it went through a birth canal, y'all, okay? Because mm-hmm. uh, we're not Gnostics, right? Jesus is embodied, <laughs> right? He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. Yeah, I just got to lay these basic things down. So I want us to understand that that this is, we are living on an eternal reparation. God came and became like one of us. He lived like us and yet lived unlike us, right? Because he's holy in all his ways. He's sinless. Mm. Never, never sinned at all. And yet he who knew no sin became sin for us mm. is what Second mm. Corinthians 5, 21, I believe, tells us, okay? And, and because we don't serve mm. a stingy God, 
Do you know that he paid for our past sins mm. and he paid for our present sins and he paid for our future sins Amen. so that we can actually be the children of God? Because everybody that's born is not a child of God, contrary to popular belief. We are all created by God, but we're given the right to become children of God when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. What a mighty God we serve. So not only that, right, it wouldn't have been enough really for him to just, well, it's more than enough for him to just forgive us. But because we're simultaneously sinners and saints, we need that grace um, and his forgiveness, right? And we need the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so he didn't just forgive us our sins. He left the comforter, the Holy Spirit to be with us. So at the moment we heard the gospel and we believed it, then we were sealed, right? Of Ephesians 1 tells us that we were sealed, okay? And with the Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee Okay, that we have received this inheritance in Christ. Hmm. That is a good God. The Holy Spirit enables us to actually say no to sin and say yes Amen. to righteousness. Amen. That's good. That is a good God. Hmm. He went above and beyond. Not only that, First Peter tells us, or it might be Second Peter, it might be, I can't remember which book it was, talks about how we have been given everything that we need in this life for godliness. Everything that we need mm. to live in a manner that pleases God has already been given to us. He held back nothing. He held back nothing when he died on that cross. When he took our sins, that atonement, there was a payment made. When you mm. sin, there must be atonement that is made. And there was a payment made. And that payment cost Jesus his life. And he died. And he rose. And now he's seated at the right hand of God, the father, and he's interceding for us. So don't tell me that you oppose reparations uh, when you're living off of an eternal reparation, because people who have received mercy and have received grace, freely give grace and freely give mercy. It, because we're so grateful that we are not, that we have not been conscripted to hell because of what Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. And that invitation, and I recognize that not everybody that listens to Truth's Table is a believer. And that invitation is free for you now. So harden not your heart. Come and receive this eternal reparation. And yes, I am <laughs> preaching the gospel right now because I'm telling you right now that as much as we want uh, temporary reparations, right? I might, we, might, we might not live to see that, okay? Uh, but we, we live in hope, right? So we fight for that. We don't, we don't, we're not selfish. You can't be a selfish advocate for justice now. I mean, we, we, we do this and hope that this will actually come to pass. Maybe not in our generation, maybe the next one. But that's temporary, right? Reparations can never, ever repair the damage that the transatlantic slave did, that Jim Crow did, that systemic racism did, that, that Black folks being cut out of the New Deal did. Yeah. Trust, there's, there's receipts. They can never fully restore that. Mm -hmm. We have to leave that in Jesus' hand. But because we believe in the Redeemer and the one who has actually given us the eternal reparation, we fight for that now. Hello. Analogically, it's, it's, it's an implication of the gospel here, people. And so, so this is an invitation, though, for you to, to receive this eternal reparation. Mm, this yeah. one is not going to run out, okay? This one is not subject to, uh, to, to clauses, right, and contracts. It is not subject to mm. government regimes who might try to skim, skim you on your check. It's not subject to any of that. And you ain't got to pay no taxes on it because Jesus already paid the mm. price. And so that's the invitation really for you. If you are in Christ, that you will receive him now, mm. even now. But for those that are, <laughs> stop being stingy. We don't serve a stingy God. Come on.
We do not serve a stingy God. What we, what we, what is wrong with us? Help us, God. The church is, the church should be leading this effort. Right. This, the church should be the PCA, the SBC, OBC, all of these denominations that had pastors that were slave holders uh-huh. should uh-huh. definitely be leading that charge because we live in light of the gospel. We are living off the abundance of an eternal reparation. And we say, God, take this. Let's make it right so that we can actually be reconciled. That's what it really looks like. Right. A sacrifice that is pleasing to God, making things right. Amen. Now I'm going to end my little sermon because now I went longer than I wanted to. (laughs) But this is, I mean, this is the gospel. This is an eternal reparation, y'all. So I don't know how we can sit up here and go, well, no. But we living off of grace. Everything above hell is grace for us. Do you get this? Like, I don't think we get it. We don't. Mm-mm. And I'm talking to myself too. Oh, I'm hello? Too. <laughs> but I'm just, hello. help us, God. Hello. Me first, Lord. Help me Amen. first. Because we like, we need to embody repentance. What does that look like? We're breaking this stuff down for y'all so we can yeah. live this out practically. Mm. Anyways, Michelle, you were about to say something. Well, you want to y'all. Girl, we I was like, Michelle, can you write this election? No, I was, I was, Lord, I'm like, if we don't get a keyboard player up on this show, what is it for? I mean, why we have to fight the truce table eight sitting in the middle of the sanctuary? I'm sorry. We need y'all to put a little, insert some keyboards. Oh, Kimberly, I'm glad that you, you know, that that you called out um, the implication of denominations, traditions, uh, theologies, that yeah. have mm-hmm. not so yeah. so here's the thing uh, everybody so sin has done a number on yeah. all yeah. of creation the entire cosmos there are no pure institutions oh. there mm-hmm. are no pure denominations mm-hmm. there are no pure no. theologies no. you better hope <laughs> that the blood covers your theology you better hope the blood covers your book of church order oh. you better hope the blood covers your denomination you will yes. not purify your way into well. the kingdom it's got to be covered in the blood. And so what that means on, is, is that we have done a disservice to people because we have not required reparation, whether symbolically or, or, or economically, from some of our biggest heroes in faith traditions in this country. And so today we have a generation of and I'm white conservative evangelicals who look at this topic like it's just, like it's just crazy. They're like, <laughs> rep- who would do reparation? Why would we have it? And that's because yeah. some of your heroes from the faith They've never had to make repair for the racism and the bigotry and the man stealing and the forced breeding and the selling Uh and the Uh kidnapping Uh that they took part Uh in because church discipline Uh did not impact them. Because they did not receive the grace of mm. discipline, because they yeah. did not see the receive the grace of an mm-hmm. opportunity to repair, we have warped theologies that are running around right now. Who have who who could care less? Who could care less about the the contradiction of mm-hmm. a pro life movement that says nothing about racism, a pro life movement that says nothing of Mike, about mm. Mike Brown? That's why they're that's why they're in this absolute state of mm-hmm. hypocrisy. So much so well. that even folks who don't even have the spirit operate 
operating with them can see it with with secular eyes, with plain eyes. You can yes. see the hypocrisy. Come so on. our witness is compromised by this. Our witness Come is on. compromised when we do not make public repair. Zacchaeus yeah. stood before the people and he made public repair in front of those yeah. who had been harmed. Mm-hmm. And he was not the system itself. Mm-hmm. He was the benefactor mm-hmm. of the unjust system. That's right. The benefactor. And you and we are people who mm-hmm. actually believe in vicarious reparation. What does that mean? That means that it didn't have to be you who owned the slave. Mm-hmm. But it could right. be, it That's could right. be that you bear the burden of the of the positive treatment that you receive mm-hmm. on the backs of those who are being ignored right. and deprived right. and diminished and disrespected. Right. Mm-hmm. And so instead of getting lost in white guilt and falling right. apart, which does no one any good, that, that's oh, selfish. Lord. Stop looking at yourself. Stop looking come at on. yourself. Yeah. Turn your eyes, turn mm-hmm. your gaze towards the one who has come into our house and said, oh, let me make things right. Let me make things right. What can I do? That's and then, right. and when yeah. you do that, you That's know what it. you do. You That's point it. to right. that eschatological reparation that Jesus has paid in full, abundantly and generously. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. act on this side of glory that we do, mm-hmm. when we make right, when we repent, when we repair, me as an individual, or us as a system, or us as a church, every act that we do that makes mm-hmm. repair points mm-hmm. to the gospel, which is that eschatological reparative truth. Come on. Do you want to point to the truth? Do you want to point to the gospel? Or do you not? Are you an evangelical or are you not? That's the question. Uh Uh-oh. That's the question. Uh Uh-oh. That's the question. That's the question. question. I mean, that's what the Lord said to Moses. He said, here's the thing. You can only make (laughs) reparations faithfully if you are one who has realized your guilt. I mean, that's... I don't I don't know how many times we have to make plain that the realization of the participation in evil, understanding that guilt is there, makes yep. impossible any of our, oh, I'm ashamed or what shall I do? We are living in a time when people have begun to ask, how can I live in light of understanding racism? And they're asking it for the sake of saving face. But mm-hmm. ain't, yeah. ain't nobody out here trying to get you to change your life just so you can be just as fake as when you thought the black people weren't people. Well, we're, well. we're not out here for diversity optics. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not out here no. to be traumatized by being tokenized. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we out here because we want to know if you've realized your guilt. And I love the way y'all put it. Lord, help us realize ours as well. How are we connected to people who are oppressed and how might we repair? The Lord is calling far more than just the saints in the church in the United States to reparations. He's calling far more than just the white in the United States to reparations. We, I I tremble to know what our reparations for global my impact God. is. I mean, oh I don't, Come I don't, on. Lord, I don't know if I want to know, mm. but, but mm. what we have from God mm. is that when we realize our guilt, then we can seek at one meant. And I don't yeah, know if the idea of racial reconciliation that says black people have just as far to go as white people do. 
I don't know if that's really going to change our messed up systems. I, I don't know if I am able to fix in my black self what is systemically the fault of the artifice of whiteness. I don't think I have as far mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. am yeah. I able to say that in a way where I can not only stress and restress that it makes me no better than anyone else. And yet that mm-hmm. truth cannot be ignored because it's unto our own diminishment. It's unto our own demise. And that's my mm-hmm. problem in general with this idea of oh, black on so, black crime. That's yes. my problem yes. in general <laughs> with the idea that grace is only yeah. unto mm-hmm. parties that have figured out that all lives matter that grace is unto parties that are willing to say that there are very nice people on both sides. Sometimes it's one side of people who are utterly dehumanized and one side of people who are benefiting from it. And that's the truth. And so Mm -hmm. until we realize that, like Akimini said, I don't know if physical, present, active, political reparations can be Mm -hmm. our true hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our, our hope, our, our hope has to go, um, yeah, it's a go beyond that. Um, but I don't think, I don't think it can be less than that now. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. you know, I think that's just about, uh, I think that that's, that's kind of required as people being able to, uh, liberate or, or take the limits Absolutely. off of our own imaginations. How about mm-hmm. that? Um, and even our, our own, our own hope. And so, um, and there's something else you guys said, and I just want to state for the record that white guilt is a woefully deficient <laughs> yeah, response stop it, to black stop oppression. It. Stop it. I want to make that. <laughs> it. I want to stop it. Stop just it. I want to state that for the record. Jesus name. Let the, let the record Jesus reflect. Name. Um, so you, you all, we've we've all talked a bit about um reparations as grace, you know, being being a grace. We centered it on the OT, we centered it on New New Testament and in the gospel. We saw it actually in all all three of the examples that we put forth. Um, and in our little sermonettes, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> practically though, like what do you, what would y'all say um, that this looks like in your own life? So, what does repair and repentance um, look like? So, and, and so in essence, really, I'm asking, what does this grace look like in your own lives mm. every day? Well, we've like, said it a few times in the past, but it's sort of the the broad statement is you change mm. the way you live. Zacchaeus certainly did that. Mm-hmm. Anybody mm-hmm. who restores fully what mm-hmm. they damaged or what they stole and gives an additional 20%, they have to change the way they live. And I believe yeah. that it is important for us to teach our children the truth about the land that we're all sitting on right now. Mm-hmm. I believe it's mm-hmm. important for me and my family to commit to making clear to my children, mm-hmm. to the children that people graciously let us teach that, uh, yeah, the United States of America is an artifice. Yeah. And we do a lot to keep the peace, but we will not keep the peace and sacrifice truth for the same. And so we mm-hmm. teach things differently. We teach history differently than some history books might lay it down. Well, yeah. It yeah. means that we preach differently, you know? Mm-hmm. It means we mm-hmm. worship differently. Yeah. It means that we change our definitions of family, as the Lord instructs us, that our family is now the household of faith. And it means that we change the definitions of freedom and we change Mm -hmm. the definitions of certainty, where there Mm -hmm. was one time that you had to have all the facts 
in order to show love and favor. But now all you really need to know is that someone is made in the image of God in order for them to be deserving of mercy. And I, I don't think that that has anything but an incredibly beneficial impact from the grace of God. That impact is so deep because once you begin to realize that you change your definitions of what truth and what love is, then you begin to realize that you are not only more able to love, but you're actually, Mm. you become more lovable because you're less Mm. self-absorbed. And that's Mm. a huge part that I think is God's grace to us, that his truth, yeah, it it hurts when it sets us free. Sure, it does. But once it frees us, we are bold enough to embrace our need for Mm. each other. Mm. That's good. Mm. How about you, C? You know, I mean, I think that, uh, hmm. so one of the things that I, one of the passages that I spent a lot of time thinking about, especially in 2017, um, that amazing year, um, I spent a lot of time thinking about, but I spent a lot of time thinking, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about <laughs> planks and, and, and specs, planks and specs. And about what it means to mm-hmm. um, be able to see a brother's the speck in a brother's eye, but not to see the the, the plank in our own. And I've thought about what happens when maybe the, the planks that we don't deal with become the specks mm-hmm. in someone else's eyes. So what mm-hmm. happens when mm-hmm. the systemic injustice or misogyny? What happens when that becomes this this other issue? It has matured, it has turned, it has morphed, it has has become embodied um, in our neighbor. Well, yeah. It is still legitimately a sin, but we have to own the fact that we are interdependent and interconnected people, and there is no sin in a vacuum. There is no just my individual sin. All of our all of our sins are interconnected, um, and I think we can look at that Genesis yeah, narrative yeah. and think about yeah. how sin just ripples through our, our one my one little pet sin that I don't want to give up ripples through it has a it has a global cosmic impact and that doesn't I don't say that to to have despair because the blood is greater than my sin right but it does remind me to live in grace and it also reminds me to cling to the grace of repentance and reparation so it, it's it's not punishment. So when I think about the areas in my life where I feel like on a daily basis I'm I'm repenting, like on a, I'm like oh God, oh I didn't done it again, or um, I've lost my cool again, or I've assumed the worst again, or I'm withholding love, I'm withholding forgiveness, I am. Um, I am dehumanizing someone. I am limiting limiting my my um, my spiritual imagination to be able to see what could be if God moved on them. Like, so that is, that's sin, that's sin. Um, and so for me, rep- repairing that, repentance means actively turning away from that, actively putting in place systems of accountability, actively um, renewing my mind with the word of God, actively calling myself out, even publicly, even publicly. Um, 
Mm, and because yes. and because I think yes. that will be what mm-hmm. I think that will be a gift to the church in America, if we could all start to publicly, sincerely, and not for, mm. in some kind of like you know self-aggrandizing uh, faux humility way, but in very sincere ways, return to testimony time, in very sincere ways, say, I. I messed up. I blew it. I I enjoy gossiping. I enjoy feeling uh, intellectually superior in these moments. I enjoy this. If we can Mm -hmm. say that out Mm -hmm. loud Mm -hmm. and then say, Mm -hmm. but for the grace of God, but for the grace of God, change me, break me, shape me, hold me accountable. There is such peace in that. And I believe that that joy and peace can be translated not only individually, but to systems and to communities and to our local churches. Mm-hmm. So when we start mm-hmm. to publicly yeah. confess our sins, our, even the sins that have caused caused the specks or in or have who have, have created the conditions of the specks in our brother or sister's eyes, when we start to call those things out, there is a mercy and a grace and a restoration that can take place. Um, and I think the more and more we see how God mm-hmm. has renewed us and changed us and, and loved us, despite our sin, then it just gets exciting. Like repentance is, for me, is one of the most exciting elements of the Christian faith because I know God doesn't abandon you, abandon you because mm-hmm. you sin. I know he does not back up on us. Amen. Yeah, he doesn't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He doesn't. He doesn't. That's good. Yeah, I think, um, y'all, yeah, I can't really say anything. I'm like, mm, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> But I think about the uh, the communal mm-hmm. aspect, right? Getting out, just resisting this westernized yeah. individualism, right? That has that 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 Absolutely. really has a hold on all of us, right? Um, though typically people of color, we tend to be a little bit more communal, but still, we're still very much individualistic yeah, in sure. this context. Um, and so I think about uh, I, I think about grace, and I th- I've heard it said somewhere uh, that. Uh, Grace stands for mm. God's riches at Christ's expense, right? Mm. Um, and I've already explicated mm. the gospel, but I think about um, Jesus, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane and how he drank that cup of suffering. He prayed that it would pass, but it didn't pass. It was for him to drink. Um, and he drank it to the dregs all the way down for mm. our, for us. Um, and I just think about the ways that um, God is, is calls us to um, sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm, Deriv- mm-hmm. Derivatively, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even analogically, how does he call us to to sacrifice on behalf of others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to to also foster that community mm-hmm. that you all were speaking about too, um, of just that 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 community of um, uh, of open repentance too, right? Where where it's like open, confess your sins one to another. You know, the Bible right. actually tells us to do that, <laughs> so, you know, and, and turn. Right. Um, and so in some ways I'm actually, um, trying to look at, not look into, I'm hope uh, I'm beginning to, by God's grace, to start a discipleship mm-hmm. group again. Mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of discipleship, um, before I went to seminary and then I went to seminary and I had no time, you know, and then, <laughs> now I'm, I'm almost two years out. So now I can kind of go back to, you know, uh, being a Christian, you know, I'm so dumb. I'm not saying I wasn't, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, but, but you, you're, you have a focused time of study, you know, you gotta do all this stuff, but now, um, and so I think I'm trying to live communally in that way. Right. So, um, give of myself in some regard, um, like not on some Paul follow me as I follow Christ because I ain't no apostle, but, <laughs> but trying to model that, right. And, and, and demonstrate what it looks like for us to actually be in community, confess, um, sins one to another, 
delve into God's word, but also recognizing though, too, the stain of, 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 um, white supremacy and racism in this country and how that's been internalized, right? Sure. By black people, by people of color, but black, black people in my context, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, my, I'm at a black church. So, um, so that's who, and I'm a black woman. And so I know what white, white supremacy has done to me, um, psychologically. And yeah. so I would be accounting for that as well. And so it, it, in a way, it's kind of like, um, I guess you could say it's a, a derivative of a reparation, right? In some ways, I'm trying to repair mm. um, in their own minds um, uh, what 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 messages they've imbibed um, from the media, from the church, right? Mm. From a faux white mm. Jesus, from yeah. uh, uh, um, from hypocritical white evangelicals, from I mean, you name it. I mean, there's the list that goes on and on, you know. So so I, I so I have to think about that aspect too about how does this. Uh, how does this discipleship work out mm-hmm. um, in a holistic sense, right? So um, in, in, in that sense, I guess it's decolonized discipleship. So I'm trying to help them help model what that might look like to actually begin to undo um, the, uh, the impact of, of, of our oppression um, biblically, right? Mm. Um, and so, so anyways... Mm. A little bit of a tangent, but, but but I think that's that's some ways that that looks in my life, anyways. That's what that looks yeah. like because I'm having to do that work myself. So confessing sin, repenting, um, it is it is all a grace, but also being able to pour into the lives of other um, young black women too. That yeah. is a grace and a gift from God, um, and so that's something that uh, I'm I'm committed to do anyway. So um, yeah, all so we words. said a lot. Um, so, <laughs> Does anybody all else have some party thoughts? We all said the all words. the words. All of them. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I'm like, wow. But I mean, I I hope we set out what what it looks like. Yeah. Um, you know, what the Bible has to yeah. say about reparations, why we should care about it. Yeah. What the yeah. Church, I mean, I, I guess I, you know, I, I would it, take 10 you know? seconds to just say as we explore this series and, and even in the large systemic ways, I would encourage all of us and anybody yeah. who's listening, so you listening, mm-hmm. so tag, you're it. Um, to, <laughs> Cause you listening, ha ha, ta ta. You got next. I mean, fi- figure out you got next. what you got next. what repar- reparation looks like mm-hmm. in your life, what repentance looks like in your life. What what phone calls do you need to make mm-hmm. today? Mm-hmm. What do you need to fix today? Gotcha. And what do you yeah. need need to try to fix to the yeah. satisfaction in which it demonstrates mm-hmm. an abundance of grace, and until it, and, and to the point where it repairs the harm according to the person mm-hmm. that's been mm-hmm. hurt. Um, so yeah, make the call, make yeah. the call, make the public statement, make the make public the call. statement, start, start, mm-hmm. the, start the committees, start the church committees, stand at the pulpit and say it. Yeah. Cause God's, okay. cause God's grace is too good for us to let our sin get in the way of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Em, you got any other thoughts before we, uh, say goodbye to the people? <laughs> I just I feel really excited about our guest yeah, um, yeah. on this series. I just can't overemphasize how much work so many of these yes. folks have done to provide yeah. not just resources, but like y'all have yeah. said, uh, actual practical steps for sure to dig mm-hmm. into this topic mm-hmm. and to make it more important than I mean really than it has been in the past. But now is the time because yeah. all of us are asking the question. Mm-hmm. What do we mm-hmm. do now? Where do we go from here? Right. And yep, yep. 
So it's everybody. Time. You're right. You're right. The topic it's it's time. It's prime. It's on the table. Everybody's talking about these <sighs> universities as well. We know Georgetown. Uh huh. Those descendants of mm-hmm. slave people are asking for reparations. Um. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm just really I you know it's all grace and so I'm just just grateful to join in right with what God's mm-hmm. got going on, and for us to offer mm-hmm. our little our little offering. It ain't much, but you know, <laughs> but but we're trying. We we thank God uh for the grace to do it. Okay, we thank God for the grace to do it. We just ask y'all to just to listen, take it all in. We're gonna have the experts at the table. So y'all will not be hearing us talk about it no more. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, we'll, always, we'll bring it up here and there. But but we're gonna bring some experts to the table that could actually talk about uh, oh, yeah. talk about this um, from the academic yeah. side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, of course I want to thank my sisters for being at the table, mm-hmm. uh, and of course we want to thank you, the listeners, for coming and taking a seat at the table with us. We are so glad to be here for season two, um, and this reparations now series I know will definitely strike up a lot of conversation. So please let's keep that conversation going on the internet street. Tweet us your thoughts about the Reparations Now series, the first installment, which is uh, Reparations and Repentance. Use the hashtag Truth Table. Follow us on Twitter at, uh, um, yeah, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Truth Table. Or email us your thoughts at asktruthstable.com. Also hit us up. We are we have a website. It's truthstable.com. Check us out there. If you want to book us for speaking, you can do that. If you want to buy merchandise, you can do that. Uh, <laughs> we, we out here. We're trying. We're, we're trying to do some big things. Um, now, don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on the Satchel Podcast Player. Truth's Table has been made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath and our executive producer is Bo York and we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.